into Monday. Yeah, we are 21 full days away from the midterm elections, the most important midterm elections in your life, in my life, in anybody's life. It's Michael Pelka on the Puro Pelka podcast. Thank you. A brief podcast today because we are getting ready to hang out in the Fort Myers Naples area with the uh, the good people at 92.5 Fox News right all along. And you can listen. They stream the show for free at rightallalong.net. Rightallalong.net. Busy weekend. Joe Biden went and got him some ice cream and told the world that our economy was as strong as hell. Yeah, Joe Biden as clueless as hell. Licking an ice cream cone. It really looks juvenile, doesn't it? I know everybody's making fun of it, but it it looks very juvenile. And I'm not the only one saying that. Optics matter. Is he trying to get himself bounced from what he is telling us he's going to do, and that's run in 2024? You really do look infantile when you're standing there focused on your ice cream cone and people are asking you serious questions. Hell, the price of ice cream is up almost 14% since you've taken office, sir. But uh, Mr. Biden's uh, soldiers, his foot soldiers, were out there doing some work for him this weekend. You had Mayor Pete showing up on uh, all the talk shows. He was on Face the Nation on CBS. The president said this week that the economy is both strong as hell, but also if there is a recession, it'll be very slight. What exactly is the forecast? Well, look, uh, I mean, forecasting is uh, by its nature something that is a little bit uncertain. What we know is that you, that's political spin. <laughs> well, look, I, I don't think anybody could argue that, for example, our unemployment numbers are anything but strong as hell. Yeah, well, you inherited those. The unemployment numbers you inherited as well as you inherited an inflation rate under 2%. But continue with the spin, sir. I want to pick up where we just left off on the polling, um, because it looks like Democrats have a problem here. As you heard, more than two-thirds of registered voters, 68%, think your administration, the Biden administration, could be doing more to combat inflation. This is a top concern for all voters. It's also a top concern for the president. It's one of the reasons why he's made clear that his top economic priority is fighting inflation. Doing a hell of a job there, Joey. Doing a great job if it's your top priority. <laughs> then he wandered over to uh, This Week on ABC because that's another arm of the Democratic Party and had similar discussions. The threat of a recession is still looming. We saw the head of J.P. Morgan, Jamie Dimon, said it's all but certain to be coming in a few months and it's going to be bad. Hold on there, Georgie. That's Georgie Stephanopoulos. Uh, We're in a recession based on the analysis and the information that most credible economists decide whether or not we're in a recession. It's two negative quarters of GDP. We're headed to our third. But, you know, just go ahead and carry that water. There's more. Where are you? Look, it's possible, but not inevitable. And we're doing everything we can to strengthen the foundations of the American economy. No, no, you're not. You're doing 100 percent, 180 degrees, the opposite of these people. They really are something. There's a, uh, a Biden economic advisor who's been showing up on some of the uh, business channels 
lately, and she has been saying things along the lines of, well, sure, the stock market's down, but we're also seeing wages go down. Um, That's not good. When is it ever good for working people not to have more money in their pockets? This uh, same economic advisor from the White House, Cecilia Rouse, or Roos, I think it's Rouse, uh, is saying, um, and on the heels of Joe Biden saying the economy is as strong as hell, uh, she has a different opinion. Without having any layoffs, we can also see that the housing market is beginning to cool. And we know that housing prices is part of the challenge for families, is part of our inflation challenge. We know that uh, excess savings are starting to be spent. Uh, So we are starting to see signs that our red hot economy is starting to cool. And so we know that because of that strength, we're in we're better positioned than most other countries for the Fed to achieve its dual goals. Well, Bernie Sanders disagrees with you on whether or not the Fed's helping, but you're telling us the economy is starting to cool. And Joey's out there telling everybody that it's as strong as hell. I'll bet you got a phone call today. I'll bet you got a phone call yesterday. Yeah, probably. You're wondering where Kamala's been because we've missed a lot of the Kamala screw-ups. They're so much fun. Kamala also uh, stood in front of a camera and said something dumb about inflation and gas prices and the economy. You have to go all the way to the end, though, to hear the real stupid stuff. But also inflation, gas prices, the economy. Have you and the president done enough to address this? And have you done a good enough job communicating what you've done to the American people? No, no, you you haven't. That's I can answer that myself. No, you haven't. You haven't done anything really to help the American people. But go ahead, put your foot in your mouth, madam. I mean, listen, let's start with this, which is that the American people have uh, a lot of, of burdens on their lives right now. Well, who gave them those burdens? Who put the burdens on the American people? The Democrats. You're the ones in charge. But continue. I know you're about to say something really dumb. Including the cost of life. The cost of life. Yes, the American people have a lot of burdens on their lives right now, including the cost of life. The cost of life. They couldn't be any worse at making their case if they had all of the help from all of us. CBS News seems to be particularly focused on pointing out the uh, shortcomings of the Democrat Party, or at least maybe they're starting to become journalists now. We're seeing it on CNN a little bit, seeing it on uh, MSNBC a little bit with their Kornacki guy and his board. But over on CBS News, uh, they were talking about the midterms and what the polling data is saying when this happened. Look at worsening views of the economy, Nate. Look at this, two-thirds of people say it is getting worse. And let me show you why. One of the ways people interact with the economy is gas prices, of right? Course. You're paying more. You're seeing those big signs up. Back in August, there was some optimism. Majority said, well, okay, they're going down. But look at this. Now, 63% say gas prices are going up in their area. So I asked people, okay, well, let's turn to politics here. Who do you blame for this? What's the reason? Well, look, there's more folks now who say that Democratic policies have harmed the economy than helped it. Mm. It's not the only reason they see for this, but they're reasoning out of results, right? They're feeling a pinch. Party's in power. Okay, must be doing something wrong. And then, by contrast, they think, well, Republican policies more likely would help. 
know what? Yeah, Republican policies, according to the people, will more likely help than hurt. So overall, it seems like the sentiment is leaning towards Republicans in the midterm and even one of the Clinton pollsters, Mark Penn, their their favorite pollster from the past, is saying he smells a red wave coming. However, we see states like Pennsylvania where John Fetterman, uh, that guy still in the lead in most of the polls. Dr. Oz has closed the gap, but Fetterman's still on top of things, despite his past before the stroke saying things about banning fracking, which he's now kind of walking away from. I don't support fracking uh, at all, and I never have. Um, yeah, I called for a moratorium on fracking. There's no such thing as a green fracker. I- I'm not pro-fracking. 2016 fracking moratorium pledge that Fetterman signed for an environmental watchdog group, as well as a 2016 tweet he sent while running for U.S. Senate. I don't uh, support fracking. I, I think it's something that has to eventually go away. Uh, and I would like to see it, you know, transition out. Yeah, sure you would. 200,000 jobs in Pennsylvania alone. Uh, Fetterman also uh, in the past praised Biden's decision to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline, which killed a bunch of great jobs. And now you have a president who's building that back and making decisive actions like canceling the Keystone pipeline, which some people don't support. And and I, I think he made the right call. And now you have a president. Yeah. Yeah. You think he made the right call. And remember, he promised us all those good jobs that people would get in the green energy business. And I'm sure they're all waiting still almost two years later. And then Fetterman's stance on abortion. He's one of these Democrats who is for abortion up until pretty much the ninth month or the end of the term. Do you believe there should be any restrictions on abortion? I I don't. I believe that's a choice between a woman and her doctor. You know, as a politician and a man, I don't have any input in that. No, no, you don't. You're only the cause of it. (laughs) I don't have any input in it. How do you think the child feels? The heartbeat and the brain. Last week we learned that there are actual doctors in Ivy League settings who believe that a child in the womb can decide whether it is trans or not. Not kidding. We've played the audio before. But Fetterman's all in on no limits, zero limits on abortion. Are there any limits on abortion you would find appropriate? I I don't believe so, no. I believe that is between a woman and her physician. Yeah, right. Never mind the children. Never mind the children. Speaking of children, the Democrats' abuse of children during the pandemic and how they put their foot on the necks of development of these children is just insane. And Dr. Fauci, uh, well, he's the guy now over the weekend who's saying, oh, I didn't have anything to do with it. I didn't have anything to do with it. I'm not the guy who said that, that we should close the schools. Was it a mistake in so many states and so many localities uh, to see schools closed as long as they were? I think in some case, I don't want to use the word mistake, John, because if I do, it gets taken out of the context that you're asking me the question on. Well, did, was, uh, did we pay I, too high a price? Yeah, I would say that what we should realize and have realized that there will be deleterious collateral consequences when you do something like that. 
this idea that this virus doesn't afflict children is not so. It does. We've lost close to 1,500 kids so far. But with, much less than yeah. the older population, obviously. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you shouldn't discount that it does afflict children. So it isn't without consequences. If you go back, and I ask anybody to go back over the number of times that I've said we've got to do everything we can to keep the schools open, no one plays that clip. They always come back and say Fauci was responsible for closing schools. I had nothing yeah. to do. I mean, you're, I you're, mean you're, let's get down. Yes, you did have something to do, a lot to do. You're on record as saying we should keep the kids out of schools because of COVID. Remember when he told us there's no reason for people to be wearing a mask? Would you take back what you said about masks? Obviously, the guidance changed, but you, yeah. were, but you were very definitive. You said there's absolutely no reason for people to be wearing masks. Yeah, I mean, sure. If I had to do it over again, of course, I would have analyzed it a little bit better. Would you- no, you should go away is what you should do. Stop analyzing. Just go away. We should be done with you. We should have no more Fauci hanging around. Go away. At least I would hope he would go away. But he's he's not aware. The guy is not aware of what's going on. He's he's like Joe Biden younger. He's really not aware of reality. And I find that with many of these, many of these Democrats. All right. Um, I don't have much time because I have to prepare for the uh, Florida show. And we'll be on, as I said, from 5 p.m., until 8 p.m. Eastern, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday on 92.5 Fox News. You can listen via streaming at uh, writeallalong.net. Writeallalong.net. And uh, call in, too. Join me. The phone number is 239-479-5592. We'll have some questions. And maybe have a couple of surprises in the guest department this evening. Uh, Let's get to it. Uh, I'm in Delaware. That's where I make my home. And this weekend, Cash Patel was coming to town to have lunch with the Conservative Caucus of Delaware, of which I am a member, I hope in good standing. And I got to spend a few moments with Cash talking about what's been going on with the Durham investigation that's now in the hands of the jury. We'll play it next on the Pure Opelka podcast. Spend some time with Cash Patel at a uh, special conservative caucus event in Delaware. And uh, of course, Cash is in the news because, well, there's so much going on as it relates to January 6th, as it relates to the ridiculous bribery going on at the FBI. And of course, Cash has a new book out. My friend, I'm happy to see you in the small wonder state, Delaware. Hey, thanks so much. And it was great to run into here because you know what? Why not have some fun in Joe Biden's purported home and take this place back? That's right. He was not too far from us. He went to church at uh, St. Joseph's on the Brandywine today. And then on Tuesday, he's going to give a speech about abortion and tell everybody how pro-abortion he is after he spent time in a Catholic church. I just wonder if he's worried about lightning striking at any time. Well, you'd have to be cognitive to worry about lightning striking. So, And if it struck him, maybe it would regenerate the battery. But conversation for another day. It's just great to be in Delaware with the Conservative Caucus here honored and humbled for them to invite me and just speak about, you know, I think what everybody's talking about these days, the two-tier system of justice, the massive disinformation campaigns, the failure of the American state, national security, border, drugs, 
And we haven't even gotten to overseas yet. I mean, it's just tragic. And it's just the simple policy distinctions that you see between President Trump and President Biden. And you see the results. You, many Americans still don't want to talk about it because they have to admit President Trump was right. But they see it and they feel it. They feel it every time they buy groceries. They go to the gas pump. They look at their 401ks. It's apparent there. The one thing that I noticed today, because I monitored all the Sunday news programs today, the story that's not being talked about, I know you're talking about it, and that's the fact that the FBI tried to bribe Christopher Steele <laughs> to verify the information in the dossier, which he couldn't do, and nobody in the media is talking about it. Are you shocked by this? I mean, you know, if you asked me a couple of years ago, I'd probably say, yeah, but now, no. And this is the Russiagate guy. And what I tell people is Devin and I ran this investigation. I was just with Devin in, in actually in Nashville for a Truth Social Party at John Rich's house um, where we launched his number one song and beat uh, Destiny's Child, Beyonce, and everybody else. It's really cool. <laughs> Story for another day. But here's the thing, right? We sent out 20 congressional subpoenas. Now the world knows the power of a congressional subpoena thanks to the Unselect Committee, right? I got one. But th they know what it can do. We asked Rod Rosenstein and Chris Ray and the DOJ for all source information related to Christopher Steele, all payments, all agreements, tentative or otherwise, to include his source network. What do we find out now? Four years later, A, as if it wasn't bad enough, Igor Danchenkov was cr going to be criminally prosecuted, got a waiver, then became an FBI informant for three years getting government tax dollars, and he was Christopher Steele's number one source for the whole bogus dossier. I mean, how much worse does it have to get before the rest of America realizes they are operating an intentional two-tier system of justice? And now we see the trial unfolding. And what John Durham's going to do, I believe, is just put all these people on blast. And I think Merrick Garland's blocking him from bringing some bigger conspiracy charges. And we're going to find that out when the Congress flips and we haul John Durham in, and who I think is willing to testify that that's what happened. So I would say stay tuned. I cannot wait. I really hope, you know, we, as of the time we're speaking, we're 22 full days away from the midterm elections. Yeah. And I am salivating like Pavlov's dog at noon with the church bells going off. It's making me nuts. Um, do you think Durham's choice to, to drive this case and, and, and really prosecute this case himself is really telling us something special? Look, as a former national security prosecutor, it, it's always special when a special counsel is appointed, period. And usually that special counsel, I've never even heard of one, coming in to do the work himself. But I think he has such a command of the material. He's breathed and lived it for as long as you and I have, literally. Yeah. And he now has the investigative powers for two years to expose even what we could not, i.e. the Igor Denchenkovs of the world being a paid confidential human source and the million-dollar bounty that we didn't even, that I forgot to talk. I mean, these things are just mind-blowing in one instance. They package them together, and then they offer Christopher Steele a million bucks to corroborate his own BS. And you know what Christopher Steele said? As big of a liar as I am, I can't even do that. I can't take your money. That's literally what John Durham told the court and the world through the FBI agents on the witness stand who corrupted the FBI and are now under investigation themselves. So I think that's why John Durham has taken him to task, because at the end of the day, sometimes you can lead, and sometimes you just got to show up and say, you know what, this is on me, I'm going to do it myself. And I think that's what John Durham's doing. I'm so happy to see this going down this way because I was losing my patience like so many people. We felt like nothing was coming of all the time and the money we invested. Uh, so we'll be watching that. And, of course, we'll be fighting with cash, <laughs> which is where everybody needs to go. Always fightwithcash.com. 
and, and get the details. The information is there. Cash Patel puts it online. But you also are having fun. You said your book. Yeah. This is the sequel to The Plot Against the King. This, I'm excited. Well, what's in the step part two of the, of, of the children's book? No, part two is great. It's part of the education platform we talked about. Fightwithcash.com is totally free. Everything we put out is free. Actually, there's a 14-page letter that President Trump just put out that's going on fightwithcash.com responding to the unselects. So go there. But thanks for letting me talk about the book. We started with Plot Against the King. Russiagate for kids and adults who weren't paying attention. And it went number one thanks to President Trump. So the, everybody said we want more. So I collaborated with Dinesh D'Souza who uh, wrote a part of it, and it's called Plot Against the King, 2,000 Mules. Mm -hmm. So we're teaching our kids and adults about election integrity and why a constitutional republic should only allow the people who live in it to vote and no one else. And we're having a blast. We've got Watermelon Head back in the book. We've got great characters. Uh, We've got Dinesh and Debbie, the candlestick makers. We're set in medieval times. We even had a watermelon launch party where we painted Adam Schiff's head on watermelons and launched into a moat from a castle in Texas. (laughs) Yeah, we're doing it. Plotagainsttheking.com, plotagainsttheking.com. I signed 6,000 books. Help me unload these things. Put them in every school and every platform um, in America. And as you'll go on Truth Social today on my account and President Trump, you'll see a very cool photo of me and President Trump holding up the Plot Against the King 2,000 Mules. And he wants it in every library and every school board meeting in the country. So if you guys can support us at plotagainsttheking.com, let's get education up front and center like we do at Fight With Cash. Take back education. No better way to do it than with the truth. Fightagainsttheking.com is the place to go, as well as uh, fightwithcash.com. Cash with a K. It's Cash Patel. Thank you, my friend. So great to see you in my state. Thanks so much, and I'll see you all on Truth Social. 